Fantastic, folks. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, folks. I, I tell you what, you, you have uh, inspired me uh, to preach. Is that okay, choir? <laughs> We've got time. We've got time. Go, go ahead. You, you may be seated. That, that was an absolute blessing. Wow. Wow. I know it's not in the bulletin, but wow. I, I was filled with the Spirit, and I know that the congregation was as well. So, so choir and church, I'd, I'd like to uh, bless us this morning with uh, the Word uh, as it comes to us from the Gospel of John this morning. Of course, we have four resurrection accounts in our Gospels. This is the one that uh, speaks to my heart each and every Easter, and, and, and the choir just brought me to that place where I heard the, the, the Spirit just calling me to offer, offer a message this morning. So thank you again, choir. Thank you, Hannah. So I'm going to turn to John chapter 20 this morning, and what I would like to do is read through verse 18. I tell you what, if you are able, would you please stand this morning out of respect for the good news of Jesus Christ and his word? It says this, now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to him, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the Scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes." But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. 
And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Church, this is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. And you may be seated. So, church, uh, this is uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, gospels for a, a multiple uh, a variety of reasons. It's a, it's a text that speaks to me. Uh, on Easter Sunday, it, it, it has an account of the resurrection that really just uh, rolls off the page for me and speaks to my heart. Maybe this is your uh, favorite gospel as well. It, it's just one that when I read it, and, and this is the power, by the way, of God's Word, when you read it, uh, you get uh, insight, and then you reread it, and you see something new that just speaks to your heart, brings you closer to God. Uh, it, it gives you maybe some balm that you needed uh, in a in a in a in just a a broken moment that you might be having, and, and that's what Scripture does. It's it's alive, uh, it's powerful, and and it certainly brings us into a deeper relationship uh, with our Savior. So, one of the passages uh, in this twentieth chapter of John that that spoke to me uh, the last couple of days, and, and I want to highlight it uh, again here is verse seventeen in the 20th chapter uh, of John. And I want to I read it uh, again here. It says uh, in this text, and Jesus is speaking to Mary, and, and he has called her by name, and she recognizes now uh, the Lord, and he says this to her. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. So let me focus here on the beginning part of verse 17. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. So, uh, as Scripture tells us, Jesus calls Mary by name. She recognizes who Jesus is. He is more than a mere gardener that she thinks that he is. She knows that this is uh, the teacher, uh, the rabbi, uh, the Savior. But his response to her seems out of character, if you think about it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem as though Jesus would normally say this because it's, it, it's firm, and, and quite frankly, it, it seems kind of cold and harsh. Do not cling to me, he says to Mary, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. So, so let me focus just a moment on that word cling. 
Okay. The word cling. It's an interesting word for in the Greek, its meaning, the word cling or clinging means to hold on tightly to something. Now think about that. To hold on tightly to something, to cling. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, that should really hit home for us. Whether we are clinging, holding on tightly to our spouse, to our children, to our grandchildren, that's a powerful thing to cling, to hold on tightly. Maybe we have held on tightly, not only to a loved one, but maybe to the Word of God. We have held on tightly to a prayer that we have said uh, ourselves or, or, or that someone, another believer, have said for us. They have prayed, and we are holding on to that prayer, to cling to something. You, you know, I, I think about clinging or holding on tightly to a loved one who is faced with death. Think about it for a minute. Holding on tightly. That's a powerful thing. I mean, you really are vulnerable when you are holding on tightly, clinging to something you believe in and you love and you are pouring your energy into. So the word cling just simply means to hold on tightly. Just clench your fist for a moment, if you would. Just do that. To hold on tightly. When was the last time you were holding on tightly to something. Mary, she was clinging to Jesus, which basically means she was holding on to Jesus and she would not let go. That's a powerful thing, folks. That's a powerful thing. Look, she thought that Jesus had been captured, that he had been taken away, that, that grave robbers had taken his body. So as you can imagine, she was frightened. She was anxious. She was overwhelmed. Of course she would be holding on tightly. Of course she would be clinging to Jesus because she thought not only was Jesus just dead, but she thought somebody had in fact robbed the tomb and brought his body elsewhere. So of course she was clinging. Of course she was holding on tightly. Of course Mary would not let go. But here's the thing that we need to know, and Jesus gives us some insight. You see, if Mary would have kept on clinging, if Mary would have kept on holding tightly to Jesus, that means that Jesus Christ and the work that the Father, Yahweh, told him to do could not be accomplished, you see. He tells us, listen to this, in John 16, 7. I want to back this up with the Word of God here. John 16, 7. Jesus gives us some insight into what he must do, which means that he ultimately must ascend 
to the Father. Listen to this. John 16, 7 says this, and these are the Savior's very words. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Okay, let's pay attention to it here then. It is to your advantage that I go away, Jesus says. If I do not go away, the Helper, that is the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, if I leave, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, Jesus says. So Jesus must finish what God has put him on this earth to do. So when Jesus says, do not cling to me, he's not being mean. He's not being rude. He's not being cold or vicious in any way, but he's got to finish his work. Now think about this, okay? Let, let's put ourselves in the story right where Mary is. Think about this. It's scary, church, for you and I to let go number one. Let, let, let's just admit that. Let's just be completely honest, okay? It is a scary thing. It is a fright, if you will, okay, that when we have the comfort zones that we create for ourselves, anytime we have to let go, wow, that can be a scary thing. That can be a scary thing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it is a scary thing to let go. It's a scary thing, church, to let go of the things that we can touch, right? Okay? It's a scary thing to let go of the things that we can contain and or control, right? That are outside of the norm outside of our comfort zone. So when Jesus says, and, and let me highlight it again, verse, verse 17, when he says, do not cling to me, he's saying, do not cling. Now pay attention to this. Do not cling to what I once was. Did you hear that? Do not cling to what I once was was. Do not cling to whatever I meant to you before now. Clinging. Clinging. In this particular instance, it's Mary holding on tightly to Jesus. She didn't want to let him go, but he had ultimate work to do, divine work but I got to thinking about clinging too. And clinging so often can have a negative connotation to it. It can be uh, for us, for anyone, okay, a, a matter that we are holding dear to us, but what we're clinging to is not necessarily the best for us or good for us, or the right spiritual medicine for us. So clinging both has its positives and its negatives, like so many other things in this world. So I got to thinking about that world, that word, rather, clinging. You know, you may know somebody 
that's clingy. Okay, You may know somebody that somebody might be you that is, in fact, clinging to the wrong things in their lives, to the unhealthy things in life. They're clinging in such a way where it's leading them down a very destructive and sinful path. They're clinging to something that's ultimately hurting and even destroying them from the inside out. Although you may not be able to read their face or see it on their person, they're clinging to something that's hurting them and hurting the people around them. So clinging to has its negatives. So I want to ask you to do something this day. As we have been greeted with the resurrected Jesus Christ this morning and this day, and it is a beautiful thing, and we give God the glory that he made his promise real and true by resurrecting the Son. Let us, you and I, think about what we are clinging to. What we are clinging to, is it the Word of God? Is it the biblical promises that he gives us in the Word of God? Are we clinging to prayer? Are we clinging to worship? Are we clinging to Jesus Christ? Are we doing our part in being faithful to the healthy things that we cling to? But do we have some things that we need to have die? Die at the cross. Things that we're clinging to that are not spiritually good for us. I think about the world we live in. It's a clingy world, right? We've got so many people clinging to the absolutely wrong things, church. You know it, and I know it. So what are you clinging to this day? Are you clinging to jealousy? Are you clinging to bitterness? Are you, are you clinging uh, to a grudge that you have towards someone? Are you clinging to a negative spirit? Are you clinging to jealousy? What is it that's keeping you from having a full and real and abundant relationship with the resurrected Jesus Christ? What are you clinging to? I want to put that on your heart. Give that some serious prayer and, cons <clears throat> and consideration this day because it's important. It's important what we're clinging to because if we call ourselves Christ followers, let's not have any kind of barrier that blocks us from walking hand in hand with the resurrected Christ. So let me end with this, church. I'm going to say this multiple times because I want you to remember it this day. The resurrected Jesus Christ, church, gives us permission. He gives us permission as he gave Mary permission on the day that he rose, the third day. Jesus gives us permission to go from clinging to bringing. Let me say it again. The resurrected Jesus gives you and I permission this day to go from clinging to bringing 
his word, you see. Bringing his word. The word is that not even, now, now watch this, not even sin nor the grave can keep our Savior down. So we go from clinging to bringing the word that Jesus Christ is risen. Glory. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us, please. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we are a thankful people. Lord, I am thankful, Lord, as the pastor of this church, Lord, that the faithful flock, Lord, is here this day, that they come hungry, Lord, for your word, that they come hungry, Lord, for hope, that they come hungry for the resurrected Jesus Christ. Lord, we all are clinging, Lord, to something. Lord, let us be prayerful, Lord, and mindful and accountable to the things, Lord, that we cling to that can give us life, not suck life out of us. Lord, we can go now to bringing the good news that this hurting, falling world needs to hear that Jesus loves us, that he went to the cross, died, and was resurrected for all. That is the good news, that Jesus is risen. Not even sin nor the grave can cling to our victorious Savior ever again. Lord, we are free and saved people because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.